Want to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth podcast. We've got Coach Bray Cook here, the mouth Brent Bender. Hey, we got a special guest today, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Mm-hmm. Four-time state champion, Bo Henry. Uh, man, doing some research with him in his career, he's been through some crazy games and been through some uh, some crazy situations. What do you look forward to hearing from Coach Hembry? Well, I'm going to ask him what their secret was at the All-Star game last year when they absolutely uh, uh, kicked my butt on the other <laughs> sidelines. So I got a lot of questions for him. We, we had a tough time dealing with him uh, when we were playing. The, what was that last uh, June, I guess? It was hot, and uh, our sideline struggled a little bit. So I'm really interested to ask him a couple questions about that game. I'll do it. Mouth, I know you want to talk to him about his team and a little bit uh, about his conference. I want to talk about the four, the 4A in total. 4A in total, which he, he'll be in the mix. His teams are always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring him on right now. Uh, welcome, Bo Henry, four-time state champion. Uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, you know, doing research, Bo, and we were just talking about it, you've been mm-hmm. part of some crazy situations. So, I mean, in in – uh, 26 years, I believe it's probably year 26 for you or t- going into it, I believe, 25 or 26. 26, you're just like me. And, man, researching years. this, you is unbelievable. Number one, all the success that you've had in one spot over the years, but just the crazy situations. Let, let's get into this and uh, about what makes up Bo Henry. Your dad, James, was a longtime head coach in the state of Arkansas. You where coaches kid like me, you know, grew up and bounced around a little bit here, here and there, and you're around it all the time, and you are one of the most competitive people I've ever been around in anything that you ever do. Talk to me about growing up with your brothers, or, you know, you had a brother that's a coach. Talk to me about growing up in that coaching environment. Uh, you know, I, my, my dad, when I, when I, he was the head coach at Parkin uh, when I was two or three years old, and Won a state championship there in 1977, and uh, went, went from there to Mariana, Arkansas, and uh, uh, that's uh, that, that's northeast Arkansas at its best right there, and that's, that's where I went to school from, you know, kindergarten to fifth grade, and and then went from there to Osceola, where I where I went from sixth grade all the way to graduation. But as you know, being a coach's kid, I mean, you're going to be at the field house all the time, and uh, you, you, you you're with him. Uh, I was with my dad from from the time I woke up in the summer to the time I went to the bed. Uh, you know, I've lined fields off. I've mowed fields. I've, I've done everything at an early age. So I knew I, that's what I wanted to do from from a young kid was be a football coach. And, and you know, God's blessed me to, to, to put me in a great situation to do that. And I've been very successful, you know, doing it. But a lot of it, a lot of the credit goes to him, uh, you know, raising raising me and my mom and then, uh, you know, being around it all my life and, and then going to UCA with Coach Keppel, who, who pretty much took me under his wing and, and kind of led me, uh, led me, and uh, took care of me, and you know, and then here I am in, in Warren, Arkansas. Well, you go to UCA, and you know, Brooks Hollingsworth's there. You know, there's a lot, a lot of great coaches there. You're coming out of college, and, and I'm sitting at, at El Dorado, and you pull up, and I, you know, and I think we're fixing to hire you. Talk to us a little bit about that situation. Coach Rester was there, and I, and I look back on that. You know, you, you know. Me as offensive line coach, you coach quarterback. Uh, you know Keith Fimple was on defense, Butch Gray and Tad Stewart. And all. I look back on what that staff could have been if, if we'd end up working out for you. You, you try to go to El Dorado and go through that situation. Well, 
Uh, Coach Austin gave me a great opportunity at UCA to, to, to help out for two years, and I was a you know a graduate assistant. Uh, but I graduated at semester, and Coach Rester called me, and they had a job, ALE job was supposed to be open, and I guess I came during during, during that break, and uh, you know it, it just kind of fell through. I remember seeing you, and Roosevelt Turner was there, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and uh, Fimp was there, so uh, I, I was looking forward to that, and it kind of fell through, and it was going to come open during the summer, and. And Coach Rester, uh, me and him stayed in contact, and uh, I, I don't know really what happened, but I kind of kind of backed out a little bit and came to Warren, and boy, it, it sure worked out uh, the best for me, that's for sure. Isn't it crazy? I mean, you're one step of being one place and one step the other, and you look at your career. So you go to Warren, you're, you're an assistant there for a year or two, and you take over as head coach. And, and you, you come in and uh, – you know your your doubles, your your you know your spread offense, and the spread offense was starting to take off a little bit in Northwest Arkansas and over here with some guys and you know Brooks Hollinsworth was doing it at Arkansas Tech, you know down in South Arkansas, you know everybody's still running tall sweep and 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 playing you know big physical football. You came in throwing the ball, you know some of those old guys that I was there during that time, you know were kind of cutting their eyes going, you know just just. Does Bo know what he's doing? Is this going to work? And and you believed in it 100% because you'd call me and say, Jeff, quit running tall sweep and spread some guys out there and throw them the ball because we had all that great athletes. Talk to me about that going into it because you were doing it down there before everybody else. Yeah, when I got to Warren, we were in the top of my job. My first year as assistant coach, I was the wide receiver coach. So <laughs> He ran and made sure he knew what the play was from the sideline to the uh, to, to the huddle. So you know when you're running a power eye, uh, you're only coaching one guy. Uh, and you know, we was in one tight power eye, and uh, we, we'd hand the ball off. I don't know how many times, like beating your head against the wall. And you look out there, and there's there's a uh, there's you know 102 guys in the box. It seemed like, and but I was just an assistant. I didn't do anything. I mean, I just hung out really for a whole year and. Uh, and then that next that next spring, we had we had some good athletes. So we'd go outside. Coach Arnold hired me here, and he was a power eye guy. You know, he was a beer guy, power eye guy. And we'd go outside and start tossing around a little bit. And uh, uh, he 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 wasn't for it, but he wasn't against us doing that in the summer. So we, we we'd come out and just throw it around. And uh, that next year, my second year, uh, we'd go into Watson Chapel scrimmage game, and we don't have very much success at all. I mean, not, not none. I mean, we. Uh, I don't know if we have a first down running the power eye, and uh, so we come in on on the, it was on a Tuesday night. I remember on a Wednesday he came in. He says, uh, "Hey man, I, I, I want to look at this new. I want to see. I want to see if we can spread it out and throw it." Nobody down here was doing it. I mean, you had McGee in our commerce running the wing tee. You had Fordyce running the wing tee. You had Star City running the split back veer. So you you had a lot of old school offenses in this conference, and uh, so he said, "Hey, you know, let, let's look at it." So. You know, we played again. We played Stuttgart that next Friday, so I had about six days to install the whole offense. And uh, we go four wide, and we go uh, play Stuttgart. And um, George Burke was the head coach of Stuttgart at that time, and uh, you know he was kind of shocked we came out in the spread. And but we put some numbers up that night. We tied six to six, and uh, it, it was uh, we we couldn't. I think we were like nine of thirty throwing the football, and. Uh, it was just just not a very good night, but we only had a week to put it in. But you could see us getting better. And then the, the next week we go to Monticello and and we open it up and and, and we get better. And then by week three we go to, to, to a really good Fordyce team and and we scored thirty five points in the first half. So we just kept improving. And and then uh, 
the direction was was going towards spreading the football out. And uh, we ended up – McGee won the state championship that year. And I remember week eight, we're playing <clears throat> McGee at home. And, you know, we're meeting on Sunday. And, you know, we're like, man, you know, they're, they're really good. They, they'd won it two years in a row, I think, at that time. And, uh, well, anyway, we, we go in and we throw it all the way around. I mean, we're throwing it all over the place that night. And we, we're winning 45-43 with about two minutes to go in a game. And, and they end up beating us 49-45. And that was probably the night that, that Warren accepted the spread. And, uh, at the end of that year, I got the head job. Uh, Coach Arnold uh, took an administration job, and I got to be the head coach. And uh, that, that next spring, we started 7-on-7 seven seven in South Arkansas, which has never been heard of around here. And we started doing it, and we, we had to bring teams in. I remember Daryl Patton being at Bryant. You know, he came down. Uh, Jerry Clay at, at Lake Hamilton, he came down. There wasn't no teams from South Arkansas doing it. We were the only team doing it. So when we, when we held a 7-on-7 seven seven out here at our field, you know, people came to Warren, Arkansas that's never been to Warren, Arkansas. You know, Lake Hamilton and Warren is not heard of. You know, Bryant to Warren. And uh, that, that's the teams that we attracted uh, to do seven-on-seven seven because there wasn't any teams in South Arkansas doing it at the time. And, you know, we were one of the first ones to do it. Well, there's no doubt. And you just talk about you out there the first time, you're nine for 30. You know, you're hearing the critics. And you, you've always believed in something and, and went on. And, and been successful. You go in your first year, you know, your head coach and have a lot of success early. I mean, you get back-to-back state championships, uh, you know, at a very, very, very young age. And it, you know, put you on the map. You had a lot of good players. And no respect to Coach Arnold, but if Brett Smith's probably sitting in the power eye, he, people aren't finding that guy, you know. And uh, you go on, talk about your back-to-back at an early age. Looking back at yourself now, what you wish you'd have known now, but just through that experience going back-to-back state championships. Well, you know, I got the job in 2000, and uh, it, it was a process, you know, trying to trying to install an offense. But I had a really good group of kids coming. They were all sophomores, and, uh, you know, Reed McKinney was going to be a junior, and uh, you know, and it kind of just nobody around here was doing it. We were seeing one. Nobody knew how to defend it at the time, and that's just the honest God truth. Nobody knew how to line up to it. And me being at UCA – under Coach Wade at the time, uh, Charlie Wade and Brooks Hollingsworth, and we were spreading it out there and, and bringing it to a to a high school. It, it was it, it was a lot. It, it was new to, to the to the head coaches around here. And I remember people, the old heads, your dad, my dad, uh, uh, Kenny Smith, uh, who, who's a great mentor of mine, who I worked, who, who I stood and taught under, who I love to this day. But they would tell me all the time, Coach, if you throw the football, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. You know, you can incomplete pass, interception. And I'm like, well, if you, if you run the football, three things can happen. And two of them are bad. You know, you can fumble and you can lose yards. So, you know, to me, it's the same. So I, I wanted to throw it and, and they wanted to run it. But, you know, we would go in and it, it, it wasn't no, uh, you know, the first year as head coach, uh, and, you know, we started, started laying a foundation and had a really good group of sophomores and, and some juniors that like six juniors at that time. And we ended up going eight and four. We lost to Ozark, uh, you know, 50 to 18. I remember that game like it was yesterday. Uh, we were, we were up 18 to 15 at halftime and, uh, they had to go to the second half. They had to go get the, they shoot, they shoot that shotgun off. They ran out of bullets in the second half. And, um, and I also remember this story right here too. And, and, and Lanny, Lanny, hope Lanny watches this cause he'll start laughing, but, uh, in week eight, we play at McGee, and they and they were uh, back-to-back state champions at the time, and they beat us. They were up forty-eight to eighteen, and uh, when we were throwing it all over the place, and we were throwing it to, to their to them instead of us, and uh, it wasn't a good night for us. But uh, and I told our guys when we got in the 
in the truck. And they, they went for two. Ran a swinging gate to get 50. Uh, they ran a swinging gate to get 50. And, uh, boy, I was just like, man, is, is this going They're not going the way I thought it was going to go. But when we got back, I told her, guys, guys, we're not going to wear red. I don't care. We're not wearing red to school. We're not wearing red to the field house. We do. We're running. And we made it a point that hey, when, when McGee comes to town, Next year we were going to be ready, and, we, and that was our motto, you know, because they were the they yeah. were the standard in, in four or three A football at the time was was McGee and Nashville, and uh, and when I got the job at Warren, the first person I called was Billy Laird at Nashville. I said I want to play. I don't care where we play at. I want to play, and he and he did. I mean, Billy Laird was a great guy. He he, he put us on the schedule. But that was the two the two top teams in three A at that time. Well, it was three of uh, McGee, Boonville, and uh, and Nashville. And, I, and we scheduled national play during, during non-conference, and, and obviously McGee was in our conference. Well, the next year, you know, McGee comes, and, and Coach Dallas has gone to West Memphis. And uh, it was 55 to nothing at halftime, and I, and I still have to uh, apologize to Coach Hyatt every time I see him because, I mean, our kids were ready to play that night. Uh, Reed broke a single a, a touchdown record by halftime. Uh, it, it was just one of them deals where that's probably the, the night – that year, the, the two games that stand out to me were we went to we went to the Hill in, in, in week three uh, in 2000, 2001, and the Hills at Nashville. And they had, a, I don't know how many game winning streak, but it was an unbelievable home winning streak. And it was the craziest game I've ever been a part of. And, I, and in fact, I, I think you can pull it up on YouTube and watch it now, but uh, I think Hootens might have put it out there last year when they ran that, when, when Thomas got the job and, and, and put all that film out there. But I looked up. With eight minutes to go in the first quarter, it was 28-28. It was, it was eight touchdowns in like four minutes of the game. And I remember this. We, we're up 56-35 to 35 with two minutes to go in the half, and the lights go out. I still think that Coach Laird had somebody turn the lights out. And we had the ball. And he comes over there, and he says, Coach, if you'll go in at halftime, we'll get these lights fixed. So we went in. We, we were still two minutes going in the first half. We go in at halftime, and we come back out, and uh, we end up winning that game, seventy six forty two, and uh, oh, and uh, they were number one team in the state. And I knew then we had a shot. But then when McGee came to town in week eight, and it was fifty six to nothing at uh, at halftime, uh, I thought, man, you know, this team's got got a chance to win it all. And then uh, so the, the next then week nine, we're playing uh, Hamburg. Uh, for the conference championship, and, and at this time, Warren had not won a conference championship since 1962. And wow. uh, we win that night, and the next Monday morning, I get called in by Superintendent uh, Andrew Talbert here, and he says, "Coach, uh, the board, board had a couple board members call me over the weekend, and you know this ain't this not happened since 1962." And he said, "I want to buy a ring. We want to buy rings for the kids." I said, "Well, we're not buying rings for the kids for a conference championship." He said, "Coach, you know." It's been a great year, but you got to understand. I said, no, I said, if, you, if, we, if we buy a ring for a conference championship, we'll never win a state championship here. I said, you got the wrong guy for the job if you want to buy, you know, buy rings for, for a conference championship. And he said, well, we just talked about it again at the end of the year. And he come from Pine Bluff, too, at the time. And, you know, Pine Bluff was Pine Bluff. That was Marion Glover's glory year. So that's what he knew in football was, was Pine Bluff. And he had been at Warren as a principal, and he didn't know there was a playoff. He'd always tell me, Coach, I didn't know there was playoffs back then. So, you know, Anyway, we go on and, and, and we start rolling and, and we play Boonville in the state championship game. And I remember you being there and you're mm-hmm. still sitting up in your normal seat of state championship game. And we talk before the game. And I mean, we're not stopping Boom. I mean, we're not stopping them at all. And uh, I mean, they're running, they're running the option. Oh, Brad, I saw Brad a couple weeks ago and gave him a hard time again. Uh, but uh, Brad, we can't stop him. He's running the beer. And 
mean, they're pitching and and and, and the running back. I think his name was Scott Beck at the time. He got he had a he had a bruise on his forehead from hitting the goalpost about every other play. And uh, we got the ball fourth and five on our own twenty, and and we'd go for it, run a hit trap. I never, never forget as long as I live. No incomplete pass, and uh, and I think we're down time. And anyway, uh, I, somebody said something on the sideline like, "Coach, you just went for it." Dude, they're going to score a lot quicker going 20 than they are 80. Uh, anyway, we, we end up battling and getting the ball back and getting back in the game and, and probably one of the best high school football games I've ever been a part of. And, uh, you know, we go, uh, we win at 45 39. I remember you coming up to me after the game saying, Coach, what in the world are you doing? Throwing the ball, you know, fourth and five on your own 20. And, uh, you know, we said, I just don't believe in punting very much. You know, I think punting's giving up. You know, it's just <laughs> we're punting now. We're not a no punt system, but you know, we will punt. But if we're not stopping another team, I mean, there's no sense in giving them the ball. I mean, it's easier to score twenty than it is, you know, eighty. It won't take up as much time either. We're all sitting up. We always set up underneath the press box, a bunch of old coaches, and you know, everybody's you know, has got the the right answer up there because mm-hmm. we obviously both playing it. We're watching, sure. so sure. we've got the right answers, obviously. <laughs> and that fourth down, I mean, he's on his own twenty, which. You see that more today. Nobody did that back in the – I mean, it was like a cardinal sin. And so, you know, we're all waiting for the punt team to come out there. And all the old heads up there start running. Oh, this guy, what's he doing, man? He, you know, and Bo walks right down there. And, you know, doesn't phase him at all. And I, and I think, you, you know, you missed it one time. I think you got it another time. And, and – uh I'll, I'll never forget that. And I said, that guy ain't scared of nothing out right there. I promise you. Well, let's get into it. So, and this creates, you know, you're a young coach. You won back-to-back state championships. You had four Division One guys, and they all go to Tennessee. We had Brett Smith, Terrence Hampton, and, um, and, and Roshan Fellows. And Roshan's mother had passed. All right, so, so first of all, let me go back. So, as, as a sophomore – all these college coaches are making their runs like they do, and, and they come in. And, and, and Arkansas had an assistant coach, and I thought we had something special. And back then, nobody was throwing the football. We were throwing the football. Uh, our guys were, were were getting better every day. And, and, and Brent wasn't a very big kid as, as a sophomore. I mean, he was he was six two, probably one hundred and forty five pounds. To be honest with you, I mean, he wasn't very very big, very thick. Uh, uh, you know, the weight room is not is not what it what it was today. You know, it, back then, you know, it, it, people just started lifting weights. Honestly, you know, most of the time back when me and you played, and even our early years of coaching, you might did a little bit during the summer, but a lot of times you left in in in, in, in May and then come back till August. And so, and, and pretty much we started the summer program here uh, back then. So it, it was just getting started. And I remember assistant coach Mark Sell coming in and making his normal normal rounds, and he says, uh. Coach, you got any players? And I, and I introduced him to Reed McKinney, who was going to be a senior, and, and Brett Smith, who was a sophomore, and Roshan Fellows, who was a sophomore at the time, and Terrence Hampton. And he looked at Brett and said, well, you got to put some meat on you if you're ever going to play on the SEC. They'll kill you. Well, Brett remembered that. And so uh, fast forward to, to, to that year, well, Roshan's mother had passed away when he was a junior. And uh, Roshan wanted to get out of state. I mean, he, he, was, he, he made a point that he was going get, to get away from, from Arkansas, so he committed to Tennessee really early in the process. And then Brett Smith was a parade All-American, which was kind of unheard of in Arkansas. I mean, you had you know, a couple back then, but you know, parade All-Americans back then were, were, uh, were, 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 were few and far between. So, you know, everybody's recruiting. You know, Arkansas, 
is recruiting him. And, and um, so we're sitting here and, I, and uh, Coach Caldwell from Tennessee is recruiting Brett. And Roshan's already committed. And I have no clue where Brett's going to go. I mean, I know people say that they know and all that, but uh, that I knew. I, I promise you, I didn't know. And uh, this, is honest, this is as true as I can tell you the story right here. So it was a, it was a Saturday, a Saturday in, in, in late January, early February. Uh, uh, Arkansas was going to come down, and Tennessee was coming down the same day. Well, Co- Coach Bo went to Oakland. That was the best place for me to be. And so I got out of town. And uh, anyway, so I left and went to Oakland. And I, I didn't want to be seen with either side of it. That's Brett's decision. And well, I'm coming back in to, uh, to, to Warren that night. And uh, Coach Caldwell called. He said, hey, man, he said, we were over at Brett's house. We couldn't see Brett. He said, uh, Arkansas was there. They wouldn't let us in. The mom wouldn't let us in. This is this is a Saturday before signing day. He said that the, the mom wouldn't let us in. And uh uh, uh, Coach Plummer wants to meet you. He's never met you before. Uh, Weston was still got a picture. Weston was, I guess, Weston was just born. I mean, he, he's twenty now, so uh, um, you know that, that was you know eighteen years ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, I guess it was. I guess he might have been two years old at the time. But anyway, uh, he come, they come to the to the house and uh, Coach Plummer and, and Coach Caldwell and and Coach uh, and, and the wide receiver coach came down. Uh, and we're sitting in the house, sitting in the living room, and, and Arkansas had all their assistant coaches there. And Coach Nutt wasn't there, but they were they were circling my house, honking the horn, because Coach Foreman was in the house. And so uh, and Frank Bros calls me while I'm in while I'm there, wants to know why Frank why Philip Foreman's in my house. And what Philip Foreman did was he said, Coach, I appreciate you. I want to write Brett Smith a letter. To tell him to thank you. Obviously, he's going to Arkansas. This this is on Saturday before signing day. He's going to go to Arkansas. But I want to write him a letter to say, hey, I appreciate you know you let me recruit him and all this. They were there probably 15, 20 minutes. They left, never saw Brett Smith. On Tuesday night, we go to Drew Central for a basketball game. And I'm telling you, I'm thinking he's going to Arkansas. And everybody, I mean, there, there's no doubt, I'm thinking he's going to Arkansas. And, um, and me and him has not had that conversation. When we had like eight or nine guys signing that Wednesday morning, and it was packed. I mean, our place was packed. I'm talking about Channel Seven, Channel Four, Channel Eleven. Well, and, and Brett was the last one that was going to sign. And we left. We left out of the, out of the office. We were all all eight of us was meeting in the office, and we left out. And Alonzo Hampton was in there, who's the head coach of UAPB right now. And me and him were walking across, and, and we talked about it. And we said, "Hey, we think he's going. You know, we think he's going to Arkansas." His mom and dad have an Arkansas hat and shirt on in the signing ceremony, so I thought for sure it's a done deal. And um, anyway, so we get over there, and it goes down the line. Roshan commits to Tennessee, so we play Rocky Top, and Terrence Hampton, the other one, he, he commits to Arkansas, so we play the Arkansas fight song. The, and then we had a couple more to go to, uh, you know, Caleb Bateman went to UCA, um, Kendra Rochelle went to UAM, and then we get to Brett Smith. And his mom and dad standing behind him with an Arkansas shirt on and an Arkansas hat on. So where would you think he was going? Arkansas. Arkansas right. Well, he chose Tennessee. And then it went bad. It went bad. People booed and left. And it was, uh, it, it totally caught us off guard. Uh, it, it caught me off guard. 
and I really thought he was going to Arkansas. Um, you know, by by everything I I had heard or, or, or knew the last couple of days before that, but uh, it didn't happen. And then when that happened, uh, it, it, it was pretty bad. I remember all that. And that's the thing people people don't understand. You know, coaches you know guide your players to make the right decision. At the end of the day, it is it's their decision and goes on. Well. You, Couple of years later, you come into another crazy situation. I was actually there witnessing in two thousand six. Uh, y'all play the wrong, long rival, and people, unless you're just dead to football and high school football in Arkansas, Warren and Nashville go way back. I mean, and y'all have had great games. You you go in in two thousand six. You're you're playing, uh, and basically, and this is where I think this makes you a, a great coach. You know, you're still doing a little spread, but you're you're running the ball now, and you've always adapted to your people and your scheme. And you go in 2006, you played Nashville. They come in, I think they're like uh, 33 and one or 42 and one the last so many years. And y'all have had your battles back and forth. Games, you get behind, you come back. It's crazy. We wind up in double overtime. Never forget this. And I, I'm sitting in the press box of War Memorial. Uh, Nashville scores, kicks the extra point, makes it. Coach Emery and the Warren Lumberjacks take it over, and they score, and they go for two. And they go for two. Hey, we'll, we'll listen to your side. I've heard Dawson's side. I was there. But the most bizarre thing, and, and I want to get into it with him, is – and I've seen the clips, and I'll let him <laughs> say who's in or not. The play is ran. The referees don't say it's good. They don't say it's no good. They just run off the field. And I'll never forget everybody. And I remember Leland Barkley, because I was kind of in the media area, and he goes, well, who won? Just you know, It's real quiet up there. And, and all of a sudden – you guys run on the field, think you've won it. Nashville's sitting over there. They don't know what's going on. And the PA guy at the War Memorial goes, and I guess let's congratulate your new state champion, the Nashville Scrappers. And that's the way it ended. And everybody Seriously. just sat there. It was nuts. And so and, and this guy calls me. It's not two hours after the game, the crew was from Fort Smith. I'm not getting into names and he's going, do you know these guys? Blah, blah, blah. Go ahead and tell all about that. Cause that's one of the craziest games I've ever witnessed. Well, you know, as head football coach, you, you have these two point plays. You work every, every Wednesday or, or I do. I work them every Wednesday and, you know, I, I just got to make myself start calling them on Friday night. But anyway, so what happened there was we knew as soon as we scored, we were going to go for two and, uh, we, we had one of, the, one of our two-point plays called that, that we worked on, and it was a play that we hadn't showed all year. And, uh, and we were out there lined up to get ready to run it, and I called timeout because I was like, man, I don't know if I want to run that play or not. You know, and you, you think it's going to be there, but it's something that, that's new, and you got to have a little courage to do that, you know, something totally new. And in, in we were throwing to a guy that has never caught a pass all year too. So it, it was going to be like a tackle-eligible play where we were in unbalanced. And anyway um, – uh, lost confidence as, as we were going to the line of scrimmage. So I called timeout and I said, you know what? We're going to put it in Jerry's hands. You know, he's, he, he, he's got us here and, uh, and, and the kids wanted Jerry's to have the football. And, and I'm a firm believer. Hey, if it comes down to it, your best player ought to have football in their hands. So, you know, we call a play and we run it and, 
nobody makes a call. Well, the two the two end guys don't make a call, and and they're, they're kind of looking around like. And then the, the the umpire who's eight yards deep comes in, and, and he's the one that starts waving no good. If you can see on film, he's the one that waves like. Probably, it felt like two or three minutes later, but it's it's probably you know fifteen seconds later. He comes in running, and he he and he he's probably seven or eight yards deep in the end zone, and he has no clue if the guy scores or not. And so anyway, they call it no good. We're going across the field to shake hands, and uh, and Nashville fans are loud, boy, they're loud, and and our fans are not very loud, and it. And I'm going to the, the, the shake Coach Dawson's hands, and and I did not see the replay on the replay board. Well, they show the replay. And then Nashville's fans go totally quiet, and our fans just go stupid crazy. Well, our, some of our kids saw it, and they saw the replay. I think, from my understanding, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that triple, some people from AAA got to that replay booth, and I heard and said, do not show that replay again. And obviously there's no high, there was no high school replay at that time, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you you see it. It was all over the news. Uh you know, we still got clips of of of, of the play going around. I wish you had it where you can show it so everybody else can make their decision. But you know, we feel like he scored. I mean, it don't matter now. You know, it's what you know, seven. Oh, it does matter. Don't act like it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but you tell me, did he score or did he not score? Yeah. Well, you sent me a picture that says it scored. Now I've got rumors coming out of Nashville. You see, you said rumors. You didn't say pictures. I got, I got a fact coming out of Nashville that there was a Hall of Fame speech the other night, and, and Coach Dawson said that they still didn't make it. So it's back and forth and go from there. But uh, I know in Warren, Arkansas, to this day, they still believe they scored, and there's no doubt about it. Let's go on to 2013. What another craziest game. State championship game, longest game in the history of, of Arkansas football. Go through that. I mean, doing the, your notes is you, – you've been through some crazy stuff, but talk to us about that game. Uh, you know, and, and out of that 06 team, you know, four of them – or three out of the four went to Arkansas and ended up yeah, playing uh, right. in the NFL. Uh, you know, with Jerry Wright, Chris Gregg, Greg Childs. And um, so, go back to a little bit of that. The recruiting process of that was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino came in, and I'm glad he did because uh, that, that helped, you know, with him when he come in because I thought Greg was was for sure going to, you know, to Mississippi State, and Jarius was going either Oklahoma or Texas Tech, and and then when that came in, and 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 I think Petrino spent his second day in in Arkansas all day in Warren, you know, he he was recruiting all four of them, but that worked out well for for for, for Arkansas, and you know they're they're all four do or three doing really well right now, but. In 13, uh, I mean, it was the hottest December day I've ever seen. And it was, I remember us having a walkthrough out here uh, before we left. We played at seven. That, that, that was one of the first years they played on Friday night. You know, uh, back there for a little while, you played at 12 on, on Saturday and 6.30 on Saturday, and there wasn't games on, on Friday night. And that was one of the first ones to go back to playing on Friday night. And uh, we had a walkthrough at Warren. And, it, I mean, we was out there in shorts and T-shirts on a – on a Friday afternoon and it was uh and then we go to go 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 eat pregame and it's just humid and and it was just you, you knew it was coming and I don't know why we didn't put it off uh I know years later when PA and Little Rock Creek you no know, it's like we're the guinea pig you know we're you know they didn't have instant replay but now they do put off games but now they do you know uh you know PA and Little Rock Christians playing and it wasn't, it wasn't even close to storm I mean, it wasn't even hardly raining hard and and uh Crap! They 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 get to play on Sunday afternoon, you know, and 
But anyway, we're playing a Boonville team, and and uh, and we show up at at you know five o'clock over there, and we can't even take pictures outside. It's lightning so bad, and uh, uh, we have to take pictures underneath the uh, uh, the home side. And that was just a cluster, to be honest with you. It wasn't. It wasn't the experience you get when you get to take them out in front of everybody. I mean, out in the middle of the field, and uh, so we start the game at seven o'clock. It's pouring down rain. You can't even see across the field. And I guess about midway through the first quarter, we have a lightning delay, and it lasts forever. I'm talking about it, that dang clock in the in the home dressing room. It's like it get down to eighteen and go back to thirty. Get down to twelve. Get go back to thirty. And so we finally put a towel over it. So man, I don't even look at that sucker. <laughs> And uh, so we go back out and, and 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 we play almost halfway through the second quarter. And I wasn't very good coach at the time because I didn't have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I didn't have, you know, anything that the Brad Bolding snacks. You didn't have the Brad Bolding snacks at that time. So usually, you know, you go play a game, you know, you go from seven to nine, nine fifteen, you're done. It's nine fifteen, and we're not even to halftime yet. And so uh we go in and Man, we're looking at the radar, and we're like, man, if it can just break, we can throw the football. Man, we can throw it and catch it against them because, you know, Boom Boomble, Boomble's a three-front team. They're going to bring the house. They're going to slant and move, and they're doing all that. To, uh, you know, and, and it's raining. And it's, it, they're just teeing off on us, and and they're they're grinding pound, you know, moving the ball. And, I mean, they're up, uh, you know, 7 nothing at the time. And uh, so uh, uh, Lance Taylor comes down to me with – I don't know. Uh, he said, Coach, if we get back out there, we're not going to have a halftime. I'm like, no, we're going to have a halftime because weather's going to break at some point. And as long as we can put it off now, we put it off, we're going to put it off. So we go out, we finish the first half, we go back in for, for halftime, and, and, and that's a 20-minute halftime. Then we go back out in the third quarter, and about midway through the third quarter, we have another lightning delight. Uh-huh. So we have to go back in. And we start the, the, the second half at like 1130, and uh, we're down 14-0 at the time. It quits raining. We come back. We score with about two minutes, three minutes to go in the game, 14, 12, go for two. And, man, you don't want me calling you two-point plays. And my luck's not very good. And so uh, we lose 14, 12. And, you know, it was uh, the whole fourth quarter didn't rain a drop. We scored 12 points. And first three quarters, it rained enough. And it was, it was, it was, it was raining so hard. But uh, just very unfortunate that night. Boomer was a really good football team. You know, Coach Hyatt was coaching them there. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we've had some unbelievable games with them. Yeah, yeah, y'all matched up a bunch over the years. And now I, I hate to bring this up, so we go to another crazy situation. <laughs> we'll head up a couple of years later, 2017, sitting in the state finals. You feel like you got a good team playing against a great J.R. Eldridge, Arkadelphia team. You're in the red zone, fixing to take the lead. And lo and behold, a student runs on the field. And they so happen to be from Warren, Arkansas. So they say. That's what they say. <laughs> what they say. I've never seen the kid before <laughs> or after. But they say he is from Warren. Well, they, well, apparently somebody did. So you end up getting a 15-yard penalty, pulls you out. Uh, let me go back to you. I want to hear it. I want to tell you another story first of all, okay? Yeah. So, Back to the 13 state championship game, and Coach Elmore might get mad at me for saying this. So, at, at that time, I don't know if you remember this or not, and I'm probably getting in trouble for telling y'all this story. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my, you know, I've got a lot of years from now. I, I can handle it. Yeah. But uh, so they had to, we had to delay a week. Do you remember that? The ice yeah. storm. Yes, right, so we had to put 
And we were always a week later than yep. um, uh, 6 8 7 8 5 8. Yeah, so we so as soon as we got out, we, we got beat on that on that Friday night. We didn't have school the next week. It was already Christmas break. So and I I think it was Saturday that next day. No, it was it might have been it might have been Monday. It, it was one it was one of the next couple of days after that. Um and this is the craziest story ever. Right? Y'all don't even know this story. Like you, you might not even know it. I wish you had Coach Elmore on after me. So I'm sitting at the house and old Elmore calls me. He says, Hey man, you got your list of officials? I said, No, dude, I ain't got no list of officials. He said, Well, I just left the feed store over here, uh man, around Mansfield, wherever he lives at, Boonville. Uh, I left the feed store and I'm sitting there just listening. They're talking about one of the uh, officials the other night was from Boonville. I said, do what? In the state championship game? He said, yeah. I said, hold on a second. I'm going to go to the field house, get that list. So I run out here and I speed out here and I go down. He goes, yep, that's him. And so I call Lance and Lance's like, Bo, there's no way that happened. I was like, dude, I'm just telling you. Cause all they do is send you like, yeah. that, that before the game, they just send you the referee's name. They don't send you the crew until you get there. Well, I just put it in the back of my pocket, and when I got home, I just, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clothes. <laughs> yeah. The crew was from Fort Smith again. Yeah, <laughs> get a little bit of that now. That was in Elmore's the one that, that found out. Well, you know, Bill, Bill, Coach Elmore is a great detective. You know, he he, he did, and he just overheard a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, get into it a little bit about the Arkadelphia game because I'm sitting there watching that, and all of a sudden I hear, I remember getting a text from Billy Elmore. Is this really happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, we had Traylon Burks, and we was playing, you know, uh, he, he was having an unreal game, uh, which he had a bunch of them here, and uh, we got the ball. We were down 28-27, uh, and we were driving, and, you know, we was we was running the clock, and um, it, it was uh, a deal where we felt really good about our field goal kicker. Uh, he, uh, and I, it, it was just a, a unique situation where, uh, you know, we were in our heavy package at the time, and, and, we were you know, we called it playing one on 11. We snapped it to him, let him play peewee football. And, um, and so – it was like 22 seconds to go. We felt like we had enough for two more plays, and and so we run a play. The corner from from uh, uh, from Arkadelphia makes an unbelievable play. I mean, he does. I mean, I mean, I bet nine out of ten times Traylon makes that guy miss and walks in the end zone. But hey, he made a heck of a play on the four yard line, and so we're lining up, and we're just going we're just going to throw the ball out of bounds. You know, sitting there just throw it out of bounds. We don't, we had a play call. We throw it. Our fullback runs to the flat. We throw it at him. He's going to knock it down, which is everybody said you can't spike out a shotgun. Well, you can spike. You just got to spike in a different way. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, if you go back and look at the film in the end zone view, the kid is actually on the field to play before, but nobody sees it. And so the kid's coming down the middle of the field, and the back judge blows it dead. And I don't have a clue what's going on until I see, like everybody else sees when he gets in vision. And then the cops come out there, and they body slam him and do all that. And, um, and so – and then I, I don't know. It felt like it took forever. But they made three different decisions at the time. So first time, Jack Fulmer was the referee. He comes and says, "Coach, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spot the ball on the four yard line. We're going to start the clock on ready for play." So we send our field goal unit out there. All right. 
So our field goal unit goes out there. They're still huddled up. And then they come back to me. They said, look, you got to put the same guys you had on the field when the play dead. I said, okay, that's fine. So I put our offense back out there and said, okay, we're going to uh, we're going to spike. I said, we're just going to run the same play we had called. Just, we're going to spike it. We're going to kick field goal. We make it. We make it. You know, at least we got a chance. So I sent the offense back out there. They're still huddled up. And then they throw a flag. And then I come unglued. So I, I had a straight come across. And they were going to give us a 15-yard penalty because the kid had an orange gap shirt on. And, and they say he's from one. Well, our superintendent was sitting beside me. I said, do you know this dude? He's like, no, I ain't never seen a dude in my life. And uh, so anyway, it was over a $5 Snapchat bet, I heard. I, I mean, that's what, what the rumor was. So they marked us off. The wind was blowing really hard at the time. You know, it was blowing against us. It had been like an extra point from where we were. It backed us up to the, you know, 15-yard penalty, backed us up to like the 20, uh, you know, the 20-yard line, 18, 19-yard line. And it had been a 37. It went from, a, you know, a 17-yard a, a field goal or 18-yard field goal to a 37-yard field goal. We didn't feel good about that. You know, we ended up throwing interception on the next play, you know, ball game. That's probably the worst worst loss because I've seen it happen so many times. For I mean, two weeks later in the, in the NFL playoff game, a fan runs out on the field. Nothing happens. And so, you know, the thing that bothers me about that is that was, I heard someone ran on, on, on the court this year in the state championship basketball game. There wasn't no technical foul issue. And so uh, – is that it took it took the it took the game out of the kids' hands. They put it in the referees' hands. Uh, it's never been called before. We're not in charge of, of security at one Memorial Stadium. I mean, I, I I never got that memo that we had to worry about people getting on the field. Uh, that, that, that that you know, AAA is supposed to be in charge of that. And obviously, uh, you know, anyway, that could happen anywhere at any time. And and it's, it's sad that a bunch of kids gets penalized for that. Well, it is. We might have missed the field goal. We might have missed it. But you can live with that a lot more missing a field goal than and and it happened like it happened. Because sure. I got to watch, you know, that group with trailing against uh, Robinson. You know, y'all beat them in, in overtime that year. And and this is my last question. I let Bray and Mouth Mouth's dying here about your team this year, and Bray wants to talk to you also. Is this is my last question? You sustained this in one place. And had a lot of success doing it differently. You know, we talked about you, you know, throwing the ball earlier. I've seen where you've attempted two passes and one. I mean, you've done it a lot of different ways. In a town that size, number one, all the great players that have come out of there, and you've had a lot of with do with that with their development. I, I, I firmly believe that. How do you sustain that success, and how do you even explain it? One place that long and, and all the success. Yeah, you know, that's funny that you asked that because, you know, I, we were talking about, I, you know, I, you got turnover every year uh, as coaches. And I've had some really good assistant coaches and they'll come in and they'll be like, coach, you know, where, where, where are the dudes at? You know, and one of them that stands out is old Casey Moreland. You know, old, uh, he's at Farmington now with Jay. He was at, he was at Arkadelphia on the year that he beat us. But, uh, but the, it, it's nothing – our kids are, are are so accountable every year. Like yesterday morning, we had 85 kids here, seven through 12. And, you know, we'll get through working out at 830. 
and it, 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 it they'll sit here and play pickup football until I run them out of here. And we, we find kids, they, they develop. So we, we got guys who are seventh graders that, that you would think that, that, that couldn't play. Then all of a sudden it's ninth graders that they just come every day. They don't quit. They just keep coming because they don't have anything else to do. And if you throw and catch enough, I mean, they're going to develop skills of throwing and catching. And, you know, Warren's always been known for having really good athletes. And, and we just put a skill out there to, to, to be able to throw and catch. And, and another thing that helps us, I mean, it is obviously that, that our kids make it when they go to college. You look and see that, that, that they make or it. In the NFL, too. And, yeah, and, and, and that, makes it, that makes it easy for a college coach to come in and recruit a kid from Warren is you can look back at the history of, of the guys who came from Warren and they all made it. They didn't drop out. They didn't quit. They didn't, you know, they were able to make it. And, and then, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you got something special and uh, you know, just, just the kids come every day, man, we'll have 85 to 86 kids, uh, seven through 12 every day, Monday through Thursday from 7am to 830. Uh, we work out together. You know, I, I remember when, uh, when, when, when Traylon Burks was here, uh, we put them together. We don't separate junior high and high school here. Uh, during the summer. So if, if we're running routes, uh, Traylon Burks might catch from a seventh grader. And he's not going to say a word to that seventh grader. But you know how, you know how much pressure is on that seventh grader to uh, uh, to throw a ball to Traylon Burks? That's a lot of pressure. That's probably more pressure than he's ever going to have in a seventh grade football game. And uh, so that's stuff that we do here that that I think that that's really good is that we put them all together during the summer. If, we, if, if all the D linemen are together, all the receivers are together, all the quarterbacks are together, and they throw to each other. You know, it's not – you know, one, you know, one, you know, junior high here, high school here, seventh grade here. It's, it's everybody. You know, we're we're all in it together, and they work out together, and and we've been doing that for a long time, and I think it pays off. I think it pays when we do seven on seven during the summer. They do it together, you know, and them guys get better every day. They do that. Bray, I know you got a lot of questions. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, that's that's a cool way to do your summer program. Um, and obviously, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that uh, that seventh grader. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, question for you, uh, coming from kind of where I'm at. Uh, so you obviously had some in pretty pretty incredible experiences uh, that there's really not a good way to prepare for. I, I would guess some of those situations are uh, a little insane. Um, but if you could go, you could go back um, and start your career over, knowing what you know now. What would you do differently? What would I do differently? Well, number one, I'd work on two-point plays a lot more. <laughs> that would probably be the first thing that stands out. But, uh, you know, football changed so much from year to year. You know, from from when you started, Bray, to, to when I started. It's just, but, but it all comes around in a circle. I remember back when I started, you know, we didn't – you know, you saw one high and you loved seeing one high. And you you throw the football and, and then everybody started going too high. And now – I hate seeing one high again. It's just weird how football goes in a circle. It, you know, it just comes back around. And uh, so the things that, that, that I would be do different would be I, I'd be the same. You know, I, I would get something. I'd establish something that we've done here as far as uh, an offense that, that we're going to believe in and what we're going to do, and we're going to sell out to it. And and um, I, I know that football has changed a lot in 23 years, but it's also been – it's also the same. It, it, most of the time, if, if, if you're good up front on both sides, you're gonna have a chance, and then uh, and then get kids around you. Just get accountable, you know. Make them accountable, and, I, and I, I'm a firm believer in this right here. And I tell our guys this every day: if you practice only when you have to practice, you don't have very much invested. 
But, 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 but you know, we, we work out at 7 a.m., not because we want to get better every day, but I tell you that if you make kids give up their own time during the summer, in November and December, they're going to be a lot more apt to come out and, and give everything they got because they got a lot of time invested in what they do. And, yeah, I want to get better every day, but them investing that time is going to make them better. Uh, you know, there's, there's too many teams in, in other sports that that, that, that practice – during eighth period or practice during school time. And th them kids not invested like the kids that we have, the kids that you probably have where, I mean, they're there every day, you know, they're every, every day. And that's going to mean a lot more to them uh, down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I think obviously a big part of that is, um, you know, your assistant coaches. Uh, what's one thing that you look for uh, or that you, I guess, demand or want in, in an assistant coach? A lot of energy, you know, a lot of energy, uh, the knowledge part of it's going to come, you know, they got to be able to bring energy and, and, and Jeff, I'm a high energy guy. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, every day I walk in here, I'm excited to be here and I want guys around me that's excited to be here. And I, I'm a firm believer in uh, August. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to smoke them right now. We better have fun. If it's not fun, they're not going to be here. And, and, and we got to find a way to make it fun. It's not fun coming at 7 a.m. lifting weights for an hour and, and going out and doing drills for an hour. So we got to make that fun somehow, and we got to make them want to be here. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be very successful. If you make it a grind during the summer, if you go through the state of Arkansas, I bet you the team that's playing at the end are coaches and, and schools who are making it fun for their kids during the summer. If you make it a grind during the summer, they're going to be ready for it to be over with. And so, you know, when, I, when I'm looking for coaches, and I want guys who come in with some energy, who know how to make it fun. And, and uh, you know, we catch tennis balls a lot. I don't know if y'all catch tennis balls, but we catch tennis balls a ton. Um, and so we, we, we play games with tennis balls. We have, you know, during, during the summer. I mean, we, and our kids love that. Our kids love the, the competitive. We, we have competitive drills where we do tennis balls. And, but we want them to want to be here, too. You know, we want them to want to be here. If you have to make them want to be here during the summer, you got a problem. No, so that's good stuff. Good stuff, all right. He's been down here about your team in the conference over here. Go ahead, Mal. Well, Coach Henry, I'll tell you, I remember when I met you, I believe 2006, 2007, uh, you and Buck James and Scott Reed all interviewed with me for the uh, Four City head coaching job. I remember that. Sure did. Who, who would have ever... I mean, who would have ever guessed that you three guys have more state championships combined than anyone could ever count in their <laughs> lifetime? Okay, so right. so it worked out. It worked out well for every 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 man that interviewed for that job. It has, hasn't it? We got we've got uh, one coach James has won fifty three in a row in the state of Arkansas, I believe, and you've won. Four state championships, and uh, Scott's won. Coach Reed's won five. So that's more. Y'all got more jewelry than the than than Antoine's jeweler, Antoine's jewelers in El Dorado. Okay, <laughs> uh, but I I am just I want to hear about the uh, your the four A conference that you're in, and there's just the total. 4A as a whole because my I watch Harding Academy. My niece and my niece goes there now. She's going to be a junior, and my nephew played on their uh, two state championship teams. His eleventh uh, and twelfth grade years, and they've got a machine going there. 
and I just want to hear the grind. Everybody talks about the five, the seven A West and seven A uh, Central, but your four A that's a grind on you. I think that over the years, 4A is the toughest conference. You look at it over the years, there's no doubt, or tough, toughest classification. I think anybody would tell you that. I think uh, coaches would tell you that. Now, I think now it's not as hard as it was probably three or four years ago. But if you look at it over the past uh, 20 years, you know, 7A and 6A and 5A, you could pretty much – Coach Williams, who's, who's you know, he, he could do his own Jeff Williams picks every week. But he could pretty much pick the, the final four in 7A and 6A and 5A in week one. You know, and and whereas in 4A in week one over the years, you couldn't do that. You look at the one 4A where you had Shiloh, you had uh, Shiloh every year is going to be a competitive, uh, going to be a competitive. And then you got P Ridge and, and that was there for a little while that, that had a good run. Prairie Grove had a good run. And then you look at two 4A, Stuttgart's always going to have a chance. Um, now with Harding Academy in there, they're always going to have a chance. The three 4A, you got Rivercrest who always going to have a chance. Uh, 4-4-A was Boonville there for a long time. That they're, they're always going to be there. Then in 7-4-A, you got Malvern, Arkadelphia, Nashville. And then 8-4-A was, you know, us, McGee, Dollarway at the time. But, you know, it, it's so much more competitive. And you're always going to have a, a school that come out of nowhere in 4-A that, that, that has that group of seniors that, that, that's got that group, that one group that they've had since the seventh grade that's gotten better. I think Coach Bray might, you know, probably heard about the group that P. Ridge had back in, in 16. We played them in the state championship game. That was their group, you know, their group. They came out of nowhere that one year, and then in, in 14, it was Mina. Mina came out of nowhere, you know. And you'll have that in, in 4A football where you'll have a school that's, that's got a, a group of kids that's, that's worked extremely hard, that, that's been together since they were seventh grade, and all of a sudden as a senior, they put it together and make a run. And then you're still going to have your same normal seven or eight schools every year that's going to be a, have a chance to win it. And I think that's why it's the most competitive and there's just 48 teams also. You know, it's 48 teams and, and four out 49 now count CAC. But there's a, uh, you know, it's it's just the 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 competitive of 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 knowing that you got six or seven every year that's going to be in the mix. You had Robinson that was in there for a little while that always had a chance to win it. It's just more teams that that, that had a chance to win it each year, and that made it more fun. You know, because you know, and, and people have said this. I've not said this, but. Uh, the, the 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 when you get to the quarterfinals, it's like a semifinals in most in most classifications. The final eight teams, like I know in 16 and 17, you know, we played Robinson in the quarterfinals in 16. You know, there's a lot of times you play a really, really good football team. And it might be even if you win that game, I mean you got a chance to win a state championship. You know, we I've been here 23 years and as head football coach, 15 times. The team that beat us, or we, are or, 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 or we, we have won it. That's pretty crazy, and uh, and a lot of them times it's been in the quarterfinals have been the the the, the state championship game, and uh, it, it's just you got to be ready to play from from Thanksgiving weekend on, and uh, and I think the, the semifinals is Thanksgiving for for seven A and six A and five A now. Yeah, it is, and you make a good point. We've talked about this, and us three have talked about it. And Bray and I have. In 4A, you, you, you know your numbers aren't as big, and you got to play so many games. Right, I mean, going that long and keeping people healthy and keeping them practice. You know, I, I remember, you know, because I was always in bigger schools, but you know, we'd play that first week in December. You know, that I don't know if we had enough juice in us to go another week, and so it, I, I agree with you 100. It's toughest, toughest place to win one. And then you know, in seven, eight, six, eight, you get a buy. 
If you're yeah. a one or two seed, you get a buy. So you I mean you're, you're narrowed it down another week. You know where we're gonna go fifteen weeks. I mean it's it's uh it's it it, it becomes a grind, especially. The last three weeks of it, you know, you go when you get to the quarterfinals. There's eight teams that are really good football teams, and uh, especially a few years ago when the Robinsons and the Shallows were here, it, it was uh, it, it was tough. You know, it was it, it was it was really tough. There's most competitive. Well, I'm with this, and, and I got to tell a story on this guy. Is we, we played him? I guess it was 2000. <laughs> played Warren. I was at Southside 2014. And we played one of those preseason games, and my defense coordinator comes in and goes, what do you know about this guy? Because they knew we were good friends. And I said, let me break it down for you. He's going to run a trick play and score a touchdown within the first three plays of the game. And he came said, oh, really? So I'm just telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> and so we go out there, and we're playing, and, and I don't think the guy believed me. I don't, you know, I, I knew what was going to happen. And so – Second play of the game, we kick off. Second play of the game, double reverse pass. It looked they threw it. The guy was so open. It looked like he was fair catching a punt in the end zone. And I just start laughing on the sideline. And defense coordinator, he's all upset over there. And I go, I told you that on Sunday. I don't know what you're looking concerned about. And I just started laughing. And Coach Emery's one of the nobody watches more film than that guy. It doesn't have his team prepared more than anybody and he'll start grabbing people friends to watch his film and you know he's going to bring out all stops and and what a true competitor and, and a great ambassador to to our state as a coach i mean just the sustain and what you've done we were had uh billy elmore for his hall of fame thing and we just talked about it. you know people could stay somewhere 20 years and i mentioned i said you're the only guy i know that a coach till he's 80 and and it can stay there for as long as he wants but Coach Emery, appreciate you having you having you on. Uh, we're going to visit with you during the year. You, you'll have a few top ten games a week, and we'll have on you. Uh, appreciate you being on, and good luck to you this year. We'll see you down the road soon. All right, appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Coach. Coach. Well, that's our, our episode with Coach Emery. Coach Emery, if uh, this is Jeff Williams, Bray Cook, The Mouth, We'll see you next time on Coaches in the Mouth. Make sure you subscribe and like. See you later.